You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers and Locked On Lions, another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. Thanks to all the everydayers out there that are listening to Locked On 49ers and Locked On Lions every day, subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And I got to imagine those Lions fans are really jacked up about this one. The 49ers fans uh, maybe wringing their hands a little bit more. We're going to get into all of the aspects of this football game, some key matchups and the biggest stories here, maybe some predictions as well. But first, today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Lions, like all crossover Thursdays, is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions at BD Peacock at Derry Speaks. What's the temperature, Matt? This is fantastic. This is uh, a, a unique situation for Lions fans, right? And for 49ers fans, they've been here a lot. So to me, that's the biggest storyline is, is how different things have gone in recent history. And the Niners are old heads at this, but they got to get over this hump and, and pull home that Lombardi. And I'm sure Lions fans, Matt, are, are, are crying a, a river for 49ers fans because they don't <laughs> go to 30 years since their last uh, Lombardi. Uh, next year will be the 30-year anniversary of the, the last championship team for the 49ers. I mean, Brian, I should be asking you a bunch of questions here. We should reverse it because I don't know how to act. Lions fans don't know how to act. This is unfamiliar territory for the folks here in the 313 because it's been since 1991 that they've been in the NFC Championship game. Uh, They haven't won two playoff games since 1957 in the same season. So this is unfamiliar territory, but uh, the temperature is Lion fans are confident and there's something special about this group. You know, you go back to, to 91 on the Wayne Fonts team and Certainly, that was a lot of fun. Barry Sanders and all of that. Some of the Schwartz and and and, um, and Caldwell playoff teams were fine. It was nothing like this group right now. They are so beloved. Dan Campbell is the leader. Uh, you know, chance of Jared Goff at the last two playoff games. It's a really likable team as well as a very good team. And I hate to say, you know, it's all gravy or or they're playing with house money. But I mean, the Lions, at least their organization, feels like led by Dan Campbell that they should go in there and win. That's how they feel. And they're, they, they feel like there's more goals there than just getting to the NFC championship game. You think there's a, a looseness to it or, or a little tight being the first time there for this group? I know. I think it'll, I think they will be loose. I think that they feel like, yeah, uh, we're seven point underdogs and some of the talking heads, you know, skip Bayless tweeting out right after the game. Oh yeah. Lions. Congratulations on, on getting blown up by the Niners. The, the players see it. Uh, yeah. We had Craig Reynolds, uh, the running back, on the show on 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 Wednesday, and, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're going in there thinking, thinking positive thoughts, and we're we're focused on just the task at hand. There really isn't a lot of uh, distractions here with this team. I feel like they're they're on a string going to San Francisco to do a job, and I mean, I think that they feel good about it, and I think they saw Saturday night. And I know you and I will get into it. They saw a team that they can beat. I mean, mm-hmm. if that if that Niners team shows up." Uh, but again, we've also seen a much better Niners team throughout the season than, than what they showed Saturday, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I've I've been 
preaching to the the locked on 49ers listeners out there and and even had some arguments with folks because they don't want to hear that the 49ers didn't play great and maybe snuck away with the win against the Green Bay Packers and and my message was look draft season is going to start early if they play like that again against the Detroit Lions and, and maybe it's the best thing for the 49ers that they were able to get out of there with the win and have a battle tested win to come back and win the game even though they played bad and a wake up call that you can't start slow like that against the next opponent which is the Detroit Lions so uh, it's going to be a fascinating one there. I want to go to, by the way, you mentioned the talking heads there. It's been a big Brock Purdy week too. And, and I think oh, we yeah. talk some quarterbacks here, but those talking heads, look, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a couple heads talking at you right now, but you come <laughs> locked on to get the straight scoop and not just the weird stuff and the, the extremes. Uh, the way I talk about it is we, we live in a, we live in the gray area. The gray area is where we all live and nobody wants to be in it. I've had a couple of friends just text me like, oh, this Purdy's no good. I'm like, hold on a second. Like four weeks ago, he was up for the MVP with Lamar Jackson. Like he didn't have a great game Saturday night. None of them did. So like, hold on a second here. It was raining. He, he obviously was affected by gripping the football. He didn't have Debo. Like hold on before we say, oh, he sucks all of a sudden after one bad game. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, a lot of hyperbole. And uh, I did get into some trouble because I talked about Jared Goff in certain terms. And and let's start with that one because I I called, I called him road Goff and that you wanted road Goff and not home Goff. And that's kind of been what's followed him for a while is maybe the big games he's not up for. Maybe the, the, you know, you get pressure on him and he's worse than most quarterbacks when he gets pressure. Nobody's great under pressure. But it's one of the things Brock Purdy is pretty good at is dealing with pressure. Some quarterbacks are, some quarterbacks aren't maybe not as good on the road as he is at home for Jared Goff. Uh, What should the 49ers expect to see in Jared Goff? And has he shaken some of that, reputation more recently because uh I, i've actually been i mean he's a he's a he he grew up you know 20 minutes north of where i'm sitting right now and so uh i, I love to root for jared goff and i loved watching him at cal he was the first pick in the draft and then got discarded so there's almost a you know for a guy who went 1.1 there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and kind of rooting on the underdog for a guy who you know went to private school and and uh was the first pick in the nfl draft which is kind of wild but but what kind of what what jared got who is jared goff now versus what he was in the past he's just a much improved player and he's been embraced by this fan base he's been embraced by this organization remember for niner fans are gonna go oh we'll just get the road version he's won two games at levi stadium he's won two road playoff games uh uh, out of three road games that he's played uh one and one as a starter and then of course he came in when he had that finger injury a couple of years ago and came in in relief and won a game in seattle so he's He's won some games on the road. Uh, Yes, some of his worst performances this year in Chicago, in Baltimore, were on grass and on the road. Um, So that's he he could shake that 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 narrative this week if he goes to San Francisco and wins. But he's just improved immensely. He's taking care of the football. He's got confidence. Uh, He's he's the leader of that team. He's he's the voice in the locker room. And again, Cam Dan Campbell and General Manager Brad Holmes really brought him in. Uh, via the Stafford trade and handed him the keys. And I think he's exceeded expectations here. Now we're at a point where could he get 50 million a year this off season? Yeah. Because if Sean Watson, who's not even, you know, a top two quarterback in his own division is getting 45 or whatever it is. Jared Goff deserves it. He's taken the Detroit lions, Brian, the lions <laughs> to the NFC championship game. He's won two playoff games. He hasn't thrown an interception in the first two games. Um, they haven't trailed under Jared Goff in these two games. So he's improved. He's playing, uh, he's playing very well. And 
be interesting to seeing if that pass rush can get to him, like you said, because I thought Jordan loved it all day on Saturday. And you got to figure some of these guys like Bosa and Young will will shake some of the cobwebs off of the rust and, and, and play better this week. It's funny you mentioned 1991, and what flashes in my mind is like Tecmo Super Bowl rosters. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you were uh, a Nintendo guy. I was a Nintendo kid at that point, and I was Bo, Bo you know, Jackson, like, man. Bo yeah. Jackson. Bo Jackson. <laughs> I'm thinking, um, you know, uh, I, I loved the Herman Moore, Brett Perriman, you know, that Mel Gray. And so uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of names from the past, I'm sure, that, that are pretty pumped. You know, you see, Barry Sanders on the sideline and you see Calvin Johnson on the sideline, but there's so many more. And I'm sure there's going to be an army of ex lions that are, they're lining up to be a part of this too. Right. Yeah. And Chris Spielman, of course, was the first front office hire uh, by uh, Sheila Hamp and, and Rod Wood, the team president, when they decided to go full rebuild, they brought Spielman in to kind of help find the likes of Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. So he deserves a lot of credit, but he kind of stays in the background. Uh, you do not, you see Chris in the press box or maybe w- w- with some of the coaches, but he's, he's, he's the key. You want to talk about an alum alumnus right now that should be embraced. And I'm not saying Calvin or Barry shouldn't be, but a guy like Chris Spielman has done the job and yeah, you know, Stephen Tullock's the world Glover Quinn's guys like that have come back recently. And you, you even carry on Johnson were kind of a random uh, name from the past. It came back for one of these playoff games. It was it was interesting, but it, it's exciting. And I think Lions, the Lions and their fans, everybody's confident. This is not a golly gee, we made it this far and everything's gravy. They they feel like, why can't we win? There's something, there's something with this team where they don't make a lot of mistakes, like I said, and and they find a way. And we'll see if that happens again uh, Sunday night. Yet unfinished for the 49ers and the Lions. Some key matchups that may decide this one and uh, maybe some predictions as well for the NFC Championship game. Next. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits. Maybe you just need some wiper blades in the wintertime, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered, and with over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. I love the guaranteed fit. I went on eBay Motors. I'm looking for uh, a fender flare that popped off my car when I ran over a cone. There was a green check. Got it. Fit perfect. Super easy. Saved a whole bunch of money, so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Just to wrap up the quarterback portion of our uh, podcast here, because it's all the talk and it's always all the talk and they get all the credit and all the blame. And uh, Brock Purdy did get a lot of blame for the for the performance he had early, you mentioned the wet football. I think, you know, for a quarterback that plays with so much timing and anticipation, some wet uh, wet turf conditions kind of hurt where his wide receivers were coming out of breaks. So that was part of it. Uh, he got hit a few times on some balls where I thought they were, you know, wet hand balls, but they were actually just his arm getting hit and, and bad pass protection. So offensive line is a place, I think, when you're talking about key matchups, that I think we should go and, you know, it, it, many games, most games are one up front, right, Matt? And 
Um, uh, we had some conversations earlier this week and had some fun banter back and forth with some Lions fans. And uh, by the way, they've been coming strong. They're hunting out 49ers podcast. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And oh, so man. all the Lions fans that, that have been listening to Locked On 49ers all week, not just the, uh, the crossover episode, but, uh, you know, like Trent Williams versus Penny Sewell, Nick Bosa versus uh, Hutchinson, right? Aiden Hutchinson. And these, these teams are kind of mirrored in a lot of ways and, you know, dynamic running backs. But Hutchinson and Bosa don't actually go head to head. Right. You know right. what I mean? And, and Sewell and Trent Williams don't go head to head. It'll be flip flop there. And so I think that's huge. And so Aiden Hutchinson, obviously high draft pick coming into his own this year. That's probably one for me that the 49ers might lose and they have to figure out a way to still win while losing that battle. If Hutchinson's coming off the left side of that Lions defense against Colton McKivitz at right tackle. Well, that, that you, you, you stole my thunder. And I, I think it's great. Uh, the McKivitz, you know, why would you possibly line Aiden up against Trent Williams at all in this game? You really shouldn't. Uh, the Lions right now, you know, if you said, all right, let's do some draft talk. And I know you love draft talk. Uh, BP, but I think that um, <laughs> the Lions are going to need another edge at some point, whether it's in free agency or in the draft this coming year. Romeo Quara, Charles Harris, these guys have not had good seasons. Uh, Julian Oquara was let go, now is back in the practice squad. John Kaminsky's been fine. Pascal plays inside and outside, but really that's a spot where it's like Aiden Hutchinson in that edge room and everybody else. And so he's been special. Uh, and he, he, a lot of times does line up against the other team's right tackle anyway, but that'll be one to watch where you're right. How much help will McKivitz get? In other words, some times he struggled Saturday night with Rashawn Gary. So, mm -hmm. um, this past Saturday. So I, I see that as being a, a matchup for sure. And I think the lions offensive line, I was surprised at how easy green Bay had it running that football Saturday night. I know that I don't think that'll happen again, but the lions O line's really good and they can really push the push people back. You mentioned Sewell. Frank Ragnow is unbelievable center. Decker's a solid left tackle. One thing to watch is Awoshika at left guard for the injured Jonah Jackson. If I'm the Niners, I'm kind of identifying the left guard spot and seeing if I could attack there. But Lions running the football, that O-line against that Niners D-line is something to watch, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And you know, when it comes to uh, Nick Bosa, and yeah, he moves around a lot, so he'll probably be going up against Penny Sewell. He'll be going on up on the other side as well. And um, Penny Sewell, man, the way he gets out athletically on the move and blocks too is, is really fun to watch. And so there, I think there is a lot of comparisons to, you know, a younger version of, of Trent Williams and, and we'll see how high uh, Penny Sewell's star ascends. But obviously I think he was the, the highest graded tackle for pro, pro, pro football focus all season this year. Last year, it was Trent Williams who broke their grading system because he was, you know, he was putting up such high grades. So that's what we're talking about, two of the very best in the NFL. No, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I I think another thing to watch if we're talking about matchups is the Lions love the middle of the field. They like throwing it to Laporte at the tight end. Amon Ross St. Brown lives in the middle of the field. Uh, Josh Reynolds, and obviously the Niners defense. I mean, I love your linebackers. Greenlaw and certainly Fred Warner are so good covering in space but in that middle of the field you know when, when you beat the Niners and I've watched plenty of San Francisco games it's stuff down the sideline and um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch how how much the Lions and Jared Goff can operate you know uh, in between the hashes what do you think yeah no doubt I mean that's uh the, the what I've called Kyle Shanahan's offense and and really there's so many offenses around the NFL now because of the way the rules are and I, I call it intermediate 
uh, aggressively intermediate because a lot of people want to call Brock Purdy a check down quarterback. And he's not at all. Uh, he, he, he throws the ball. He, he's, he doesn't have the biggest, you know, he's not throwing those 70 yard uh, moon balls that the Josh Allen is throwing last, <laughs> but um, and they he, were dropped. <laughs> and they, they were dropped. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Josh Allen, but um, he throws uh, a ton of balls over the middle of the field with accuracy, with anticipation. He's a dart thrower. He's got tons of guts and, uh, aggressively intermediate is how I've called Kyle Shanahan's offense. And really it's, it's kind of the hospital ball offense because there's not as many hospital balls as there used to be. There's an area of the field, those in breakers that so many teams are throwing now that you couldn't throw back in the day. Ronnie Lott would take your head off and he would be happily doing it and stand it over you when your career ended because, and, and you can't do that anymore. So there's so much of that going on in the NFL. And I've seen a lot of that as well uh, on the Lions side. And so, uh Yeah covering the middle of the field. And Kyle Shanahan really likes to put linebackers in a blender as well. And uh, I, you know, obviously the rookie class has been phenomenal. You have two first rounders, two second rounders on that Detroit roster. And uh, I love the way that, what I'm seeing from branch playing in the nickel, obviously Gibbs and uh, Laporta have been phenomenal, but talk to me about the linebackers. Can the 49ers get a matchup on those linebackers middle of the field and cause some problems safeties linebackers wise? Yeah, I mean that that's that's definitely a concern. I, I think the linebacking crew crew for the Lions this year has been the best it's been in, in a long time. Uh Alex Anzalone, Jack Campbell, Derek Barnes have all had their moments where they've looked really good. Alex is kind of the leader of that defense, playing with some injured ribs right now. I don't think he's a hundred percent, but I could see a scenario where you're right, Shanahan's dialing up some stuff where it's Kittle against Campbell. And that's a mismatch. Jack Campbell really struggled in coverage earlier in the year. He's gotten a little bit better. There's times that the Lions have lined him up and Derek Barnes, for that matter, as edge rushers. I'll be interested in seeing what Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, does there. Uh, Derek Barnes obviously had that big pick that uh, solidified the game the other day against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. So he's riding high. But what I say, though, I mean, the 49ers have the edge. If we're talking linebackers and you do the whole edge to which team, 49ers linebackers are better. But the Lions have some depth there. And if one of those guys went down, Malcolm Rodriguez for being the fourth guy can play a little bit. Jalen Reeves Maben is a guy to watch as sort of the fourth or fifth linebacker. He's played a lot more snaps lately. And if they can't cover Kittle, they're going to put 44 in the game. Reeves Maben is really a special teams ace, and he may end up getting more snaps. So keep an eye on that. The 49ers, despite how good their front seven is, and you got names like Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, Chase Young, they traded for at the deadline, Warner and Greenlaw at linebacker. They're, they've been susceptible to giving up plays in the run game. They were, they were getting killed with the, the pin and pull play and, and getting that pitch outside to Aaron Jones last week. And so that's definitely one thing I'm looking for uh, that the 49ers really have to fix on the defensive side of the ball. And Logan Ryan got the start at safety. He was a mid-late season pickup, and, and rookie Jair Brown didn't have the greatest game against the, the Ravens and then was hurt and then lost his you know his starting job. It was a quasi-starting job because he was only starting because Talanoa Hufanga went down earlier on in the season. Uh, and they, they they did give up some big plays that they don't usually on the back end. Usually they're rock solid at the safety position. So uh, some definitely some things to clean up for the 49ers there. And so that'll be fascinating to see how that all works. And uh, just one more note I want to talk about with the Lions before we move on to some predictions and, and, and how this game might look for uh, a victorious Lions or 49ers team, Matt. Uh, is Frank Ragnow, because you mentioned him. And yeah, I just yeah. want to remind everybody, it's a big W. For Team Peacock, pre-draft, 
I was all about Frank Ragnow. I saw him going in third rounds of mock drafts. I was like, you guys are insane. This dude is amazing. And I still thought, you know, I was like, hey, Niners in the second round. Let's go. This is my guy, Frank Ragnow. And then the Lions plucked him in the first round. I was like, okay, well, I guess so. some other people liked him maybe even more than I did, which was the Detroit Lions. He, he's been phenomenal. And you, and centers don't get a lot of credit, which no. is why I just want to bring up his name one more time. Well, Brian, you're spot on, uh, and we're spot on with that pick because he's everything to this team, to be quite honest. Uh, when he was down, he hurt his meniscus and missed a game. All right? Jonah Jackson's having the same surgery now, and they're hoping the Lions somehow made the Super Bowl that he might play. But Ragnow is a monster. Injured his knee and ankle on the same play on that third and one last week, uh, which was a terrible call, by the way. They should have just run the ball, but that was a rare Ben Johnson gaffe. Um, and he he walked off under his own power, but it didn't look good. Didn't take his helmet off and was right back out there. They need him. They are they could move Graham Glasgow over to center, which they've done from right guard if they need to, if Ragnow gets hurt. But this team runs, that offense runs uh, on 77. He's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, he's... He's a, he's a warrior. He'll be out there. Uh, he'll be out there Sunday, regardless of the ankle and knee issues. And that's just uh, that's just who he is. He's a special player. All right. What's the path to victory for the 49ers and Lions? Some predictions to finish up this crossover Thursday. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Lions is. Brought to you in part by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season is over, but the postseason is here, and there is so much fun, so many ways to play at FanDuel. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place that $5 bet. Just that first $5 bet, win or lose, and 150 in bonus bets to play with. Live same-game parlays. Uh, you find new bets in the Explore tab. Looking at some of the specials they got going on for Lions 49ers. Niners favored by seven points, but uh, first touchdown score, Chris McCaffrey, not shocking, uh, is, <laughs> is leading the the way there for, for betting. Uh, how about first drive results parlays? Told, told So many fun ways to play. Uh, guess the score. And, uh, of course, big game, NFL draft props, tons of ways to play at FanDuel. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So take me through it, Matt. What does it look like? What is the Lions win? Lions advance to the Super Bowl. What happened on the field Sunday? Well, I, I think the first five minutes, it, it, the Lions need to come out and set the tone. Um, I think if they're running the football with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, the offensive line is moving bodies. It's sort of shades of last Saturday night where the Packers had success and the lions are not just scoring, uh, and settling for field goals. They're, you're getting touchdowns. I think that sets the tone. I mean, they got to look like a team that didn't just fly across the country and are facing the big bad 49ers that have so much experience in this game. Like you mentioned, uh, where the Lions don't. So I, I would say early on, just setting the tone, and I think it starts with running the football, and then that leads into that play-action passing game with Jared Goff. Uh, I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have the kind of monster day that he's had the last couple of weeks. I think the Niners will do their best to kind of limit him, so that could open up something for Jamison Williams down the field. Maybe there are one or two chunk plays for J-Mo that are a part of this. And the other thing, too, is just taking care of the football. I mean, the Lions have not turned it over the last two weeks. So, when, like I said, when the Lions lost to the Ravens in Baltimore, it was a turnover fest. In Chicago, same thing. 
on grass on the road. So taking care of the football is going to be huge and kind of setting the tone early, whereas Niner fans would watch this and say, uh-oh, this feels like last week again. Lions are, are very capable of doing it. Will they do it is another story. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch two physical teams to try to bully each other early and and who can who can last through 60 minutes of trying to bully your opponent is going to be a lot of fun there. And uh, I think you nailed it, especially one aspect of finishing and, and and landing that haymaker if the game starts that way because the Packers weren't able to do it. You know, it drives ending in field goals, dropping interceptions that that hit Darnell Savage between the two and the six on his jersey. Oh. You know, those types of things can't happen if you want to knock off a team on the road like the 49ers. The 49ers didn't take a snap inside the Packers' 25-yard line until two minutes and 20 seconds left in the game and were able to win a playoff game in that fashion. So a lot to clean up for the 49ers. They don't want to – the 49ers, I, it's not a it's, – it, it's, it's a compliment when I call them the best front runners in the league because they're built to win that way. They're built to run the ball, get a lead, and lean on teams. And then you're talking getting pressure on Jared Goff, trying to make the Detroit Lions one-dimensional. It's the way the 49ers have always played – uh, under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and uh, it's the way they want to play in this one. Uh, but I do think it might be that Brock Purdy game. He played so bad last week. I'm calling a Brock Purdy. I'm calling a. I'm calling a bounce back game. And I think the Lions are going to do everything they have to do to try to limit Christian McCaffrey, limit the 49ers' run game, and it's going to be on Brock Purdy to make some throws. And I think he's going to be up to it. Uh, as of now, it looks like it's not going to be super wet out there like it was last week. So that should help. Brock Purdy. So I'm talking about a bounce back game here. And um, Debo's 50 50, but even without Debo, it might be Brandon Ayuk, might be Juwan Jennings, might be a lot of um, Christian McCaffrey doing some Debo like things out of the backfield. Should be a lot of fun, but that that's the path to victory for me for the 49ers. And it's not too different than what it's been all year. Be that front runner, early lead, and then the whole playbook's at your disposal. Uh, give me something on Debo. I mean, do you think? You know, I'm not saying, oh, the Niners are definitely going to win if he's if he's out, or if the Lions are definitely going to win if he's out. But I mean, how 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 many how many times have they kind of played without him this year, and how's it looked? And we saw what how it looked Saturday night. You know, they've been fine with him in past seasons. But here's uh, here's a number I've got for you on Debo this season. The 49ers are 12 and two and have averaged 13.1 points per game and 412 yards of total offense when Debo Samuel has finished the games this season. In games where he has not finished the game, they're one and three and have averaged 18.8 points per game and 339 total yards. So, um, uh, and I do think the the Packers game and the Cleveland Browns game, especially both those games were in the raid and both those games were very similar uh, in Cleveland. Brock Purdy led the 49ers down the field at the end of the game, but they missed the field goal. So they didn't end up winning it, but Debo went out early in both those games. And I do think they were Debo heavy game plans. So I think knowing he's not going to be there hurts less than planning for him to be there and then not playing. And I don't think the 49ers, he's going to be questionable at the game time. It feels like he's not going to play, but I don't think we're going to hear the 49ers say that. So that's why I think it's going to be McCaffrey, Ayuk type of a type of football game on Sunday. But um, in the past, they've been okay without Debo, but he's so unique. He's a really special player and he's, yeah. you know, 49ers have a lot of those guys. They're just heart and soul players. They play a certain way. And when they're on the field, you feel their energy and they, they can make a play on their own. And Debo's absolutely that, even though he's not the most, um, the most, you know, <laughs> I lack of a better term. I always call it wide receiver. He's not the most wide receiver, wide receiver, but he's so <laughs> unique that it's hard to, yeah. uh, it's really hard to 
mimic what he can do from anybody else. And maybe Christian McCaffrey is one of the few guys in the league that could actually do that. Well, I mean, you look at this thing, Brian, you know, it's tough. I I've sat here all, throughout the show thinking, what am I going to say when it comes to predictions? I, I'll say this. I, I think the Niners are supposed to be here. Not that the lions aren't, but this was the, the, the lion's goal at the start of the year was win the division, get a home playoff game for these fans and, and win that. And then to win two, to get to this point, I think they're going to be loose. But the Niners, they're supposed to be here and they're supposed to win it, like you said. I mean, you're talking, they talk Lombardis out there, whether it was Walsh, Seaford, whomever. I mean, you guys. So, you know, Shanahan, I thought was a little, a little tight, especially at the end of the half the other day, which I don't know what that was. And the guy's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But I can see a scenario, I really can, where the Lions are in there loose, playing their game, playing physical. And squeak this out and shock everybody um, with the kicking game. Jack Fox as, as a punter, keeping the Niners pinned deep, has done a great job all year. Badgley's been all right, but I, I can see I can see that scenario. I kind of get a sense of maybe a maybe a 24-23 win that would shock everybody for Detroit. I don't know. I I I know that the line is sat at seven. I know it's the underdog story, but man, the Niners, they're all the pressures on them, don't you think? I'm glad you came on here and chose the Lions. I was going to be upset if you didn't, Matt. <laughs> uh, and, and I do have to choose the 49ers in this game. Sure. I, I think there was a wake-up call last week, and they're going to come out a lot meaner, a lot faster, and uh, a lot drier than they were last week, which probably doesn't bode well for the Lions, but they have to play well. They, they cannot let the Lions do what the Packers did last week to them, and a lot of it was self-inflicted and not so much what the Packers did to the 49ers. Um, I do like the 49ers in this one. I'm less confident about, you know, a touchdown victory. And you mentioned the kicking game. I, I, I almost feel like it has to come down to a kick. And it's going to be, uh, you want to see some anxious 49ers fans lining up for a game winner or big kick late with a rookie kicker. Um, ideally, the 49ers would have a lead and, and it wouldn't come down to a kick. It wouldn't come down to, you know, a call here or there, you know, a, a pass interference on a long third down play or something like that. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for for the 49ers. And, and uh, they need that little bit of extra wiggle room late with a lead would make everybody feel a whole lot better. But uh, I can't wait to see how this one goes. Um, I have the 49ers by six in this game. And uh, I, I like it to be, you know, 30, 24, something like that. I think there, there, there's a good chance there could be some points out there on Sunday. Well, he was known around these parts when he was at U of M here as Money Moody. And, uh, Yep. There were Lion fans. There were Lion fans that were Michigan fans in the offseason saying draft Jake Moody because the Lions kicking situation for three years hasn't been great. Uh, they bounced around with the likes of Riley Patterson, Michael Badgley, and others. Um, so they were <laughs> they were wanting Jake Moody. And then when the Niners took him, they're like, oh, because he was a legend here for Michigan fans. And yeah, uh, he's damn good. He's actually been okay. He's been fine. It's just that the 49ers had Robbie Gold, who's never missed a playoff kick. I know. So yeah. that's like, that's what you're going from to a rookie kicker. And there's been some misses and some weirdness. And there was a miss last week. And uh, it was, it was a block, but I don't think that yeah. was going in. He hit it low and left. But um, I can't wait for this one, Matt. It's going to be fantastic. Appreciate all the everydayers out there for Locked On Lions and Locked On 49ers. And of course, Matt and I will be back on our respective podcast post game, breaking everything down as we do here, your team every day. Make sure you check out the new 
Locked On Sports Today streaming channel. You'll see Matt on there. You'll see me on there. All the national hosts, all the biggest stories streaming. Locked On Sports Today on YouTube, on your Amazon Fire, on uh, more smart TVs to come as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening. NFC Championship game. Super Bowl's next for one of us. We'll talk to you then right here. Locked On 49ers and Locked On Lions.